Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Tales from the Synapse, a podcast brought to you by Nature Careers in partnership with Nature Neuroscience. I'm Jean-Mary Zarate, a senior editor at the journal Nature Neuroscience, and in this series, we speak to brain scientists all over the world about their life, their research, their collaborations, and the impact of their work. In episode 9, we meet a researcher at the forefront of research into olfactory loss, who is developing implants that may help patients whose sense of smell has been affected by COVID-19. My name is Thomas Hommel. I work at the Melentis Clinic at the Department of Otorhinolaryngology of the Technical University of Dresden in Germany. So it's a subunit of the Department of Otorhinolaryngology. We, um, because I'm a medical doctor, I specialize in smell and taste disorders since a long time, since about um, like about 30 years. I've been working in the sense of smell, and since about 20 years or a little bit longer, I see patients with smell and taste disorders. We are a relatively small unit about uh, between 5 and 15 people. So we care many students, and we try to diagnose people and with affected loss and uh, counsel them in terms of therapy. And we also, at the same time, apart from the clinical research that we do, because we want to see where smell and taste disorders come from and how they develop, we also do research in the physiology of the chemical senses that includes like gustation, trigeminal sensitivity in the nose and olfaction. So gustation is sweet, sour, salty, bitter is the taste functionality. Trigeminal functionality is in the nose. It's like burning, biting, stinging, uh, cooling. This is all trigeminal sensation. And olfaction, this is what we normally perceive as odors. But odors, they are typically a very complex thing you know they many other things 
contribute to these percepts and this all we try to uh, investigate further, not just here, but also within a group of a very highly international group in in the chemical senses. So I guess as soon as you start to work in the chemical senses, you're automatically connected to many other people in different countries because there are so few people who take care about that. Different when you work in cardiovascular diseases, you just look around the corner and there's somebody who works on, on uh, cardiovascular disorders. In the sense of smell, it's different. You look around the corner and there's nobody. So. <laughs> I got into the area of the chemical senses with my thesis because I started in Erlangen, which is in Bavaria and Germany, close to Nuremberg, and I was interested in the sense of smell. Actually, my wife brought me into that. I was one of her participants in one of her studies, and she was uh, her thesis was the first to investigate electrophysiological equivalence of the sense of smell, like looking at EEG-related compounds. And she needed subjects, and she sort of sort of hired me, and I was one of her, her victims in that study, and I gladly obliged, and then I got interested in that, and uh, my supervisor, Gerd Kobal, he was one of the pioneers in that area, and I did my thesis with him on trigeminal sensitivity, so on pain, basically, in the nasal cavity, and from there on, also worked in a sense of smell, and so like, so it broadened uh, in many, branched out in different areas. As a child, I have no background in, no special background in the chemical senses. So I think I behaved like most children, so being interested in everything and nothing. So, so but this was my interest in a sense of smell only developed later. And sort of, I think this is how life is. You know, you start something and then you have make decisions. You go left or you go right, and you take a left. And next time you take a right, and in the end you end up somewhere. You know this is what what happened to me. And I always had fun doing what I'm doing, and at least I found it interesting. And uh, I hope this would be, maybe it's also of some use to others. So that's that's where I come from. The olfactory system or the sense of smell basically is has a couple of different at least two different pillars. One is uh, the olfactory system. That's, the, in a sense, the perception of odors that is, resides in the nasal cavity, in the top of the nasal cavity, in the roof of the nasal cavity, just more or less between your eyes. So there's about five square centimeters up there that contain olfactory receptors, and the odor molecules that get up there, they in the nose, they make contact with these receptors. First, they have to penetrate the mucus that is on top of the mucosa. That's why it's called mucosa, because there is mucus. And they penetrate that, make contact with the receptors. And with a little bit of luck, they activate, activate these receptors. And if there are enough of these receptors activated, this produces a sensation. Because then the signals are transmitted to the olfactory bulb. That is a, the first relay station in the brain that is very important for olfactory processing. It's about like 12 millimeters long and about 10 millimeters thick. So it's a little sausage that's lying there. 
uh, as a German, I always like to make the comparison to sausages. So, and then the odors deactivate this olfactory bulb. And if there are enough of these uh, activations take place, then the odors, this activation is then further transmitted into other parts of the brain. What's happening at the level of the olfactory bulb is that there's a, a pattern is produced. So if we perceive, perceive let's say, vanilla, Vanilla is not just activating one vanilla cell inside of cell type inside the nasal cavity, but in the olfactory mucosa, in the uh, smell epithelium, the uh, vanilla activates a couple of different receptor types. They produce a pattern, and the pattern is then transferred to the olfactory bulb. And vanilla, when we perceive vanilla, behind that is the perception of a pattern. That can be overlapping with other odors, but it's a specific pattern. And this is why, when it's about olfactory coding, we have about um, probably about 400 different receptor types that are developed in the olfactory epithelium. And some of them, they are activated by one odor, and some of them are activated by others. And because it's about pattern recognition, these 400 receptors, if you think about the combination of these different receptors, they can code for almost an infinite number of uh, odors that we can, of odorants that we can perceive. Not name, but we can perceive them and possibly also differentiate them. In real life, probably we have much less odors that really matter. There is one, uh, that's, that's a, actually a bit of an unresolved question, how many odors are matter, do matter in our lives? And there's one estimate from a study from Munich where they looked at foods and how many odors are important in foods, and it's about 250. So surprisingly few that really are important. On the other hand, we can perceive um, theoretically billions of uh, different odorants. So, so it's a, we're quite diverse when it comes to that, but in real life, Possibly it's not so many odors that we need, or at least that we perceive consciously. So I was, this was one pillar of affection. The other pillar is the trigeminal sense that's uh, mediating. This is like innervating the trigeminal nerves. They're innervating the other parts of the nasal cavity, and they are medi mediating sensations like uh, coolness or stinging or burning or pungency. That's also part of the, of the olfactory percept. So each odor that we have odor that we perceive also is sort of uh, composed of an olfactory component. That's probably the largest comp larger component and a trigeminal component. That's a smaller part of it, but it's always in there. So when you think about cinnamon, cinnamon has this beautiful deep smell of cinnamon, but at the same time, there's a little bit of, of a slight little bit of tingling in there in the cinnamon. And this is trigeminal sensation. When people lose their sense of smell, this can have a number of different causes. Like um, the most frequent cause is aging. So as we get older, we our sense of smell goes down. Typically, of course, there are, exce there are exceptions to that, but typically we lose our sense of smell, and this is then that's the major cause. So if you look at people older than 80, like estimates are like half of them or at least one third of them has no sense of smell. This loss is gradual with time, so many people do not even recognize uh, because it's a gradual loss. So, and you don't compare yourself to as you age, not to 
um, I don't compare myself not to my students because they I compare myself to my wife so and she's in the same age and as we age together so we probably our sense of smell was much better 30 years ago but it does not really matter you know as long as we are in synchrony she's my peer group so as long as we're in synchrony it's all good so this is why many people they lose their sense of smell and they do not even recognize it so that's one major cause the second major cause of factor loss is cyanase disease it's chronic rhinosinusitis with and without polyps it's a chronic inflammation typically leads also to olfactory loss it's a gradual loss also over months and years and at one point it's recognized or it's not recognized uh, then there are other causes like uh, post-viral olfactory loss after viral infection or uh, COVID-19 which is a major driver currently of olfactory loss it affects also younger people uh, then you have post-traumatic olfactory loss after head trauma um, so the stronger the head trauma the more severe the head trauma the more likely that you lose a sense of smell then you have uh, neurogenerative disease so if you have Parkinson's disease or Alzheimer's disease like a very early sign of that is olfactory loss um, and then you have numerous other causes of olfactory loss that is that uh, myasthenia gravis or like uh, drug-induced olfactory loss or a couple of other causes but the major causes are aging chronic rhinosinusitis it's uh, post-viral olfactory loss also including uh, COVID-19 post-traumatic olfactory loss and then neurodegenerative diseases like um, neurological disorders The olfactory implant, the idea is fairly old also. I don't know when it had been first mentioned, but I think implants that have been around for a long time, and as you see, they, they are performed on a daily basis in the auditory system where people receive cochlear implants, and they also first experiments and results also on visual implants. They, they work quite well or seem to be quite well working, at least in the auditory system. They are extremely helpful to many people, not to all people, but to many people. And the basic idea is that you have a, a sensor that is, in our case, the sensor would be in the nasal cavity. In the case of the cochlear implant, it's close to the ear. And then you sense the sound or you sense the, the odor. And then the in our case, the odor would activate in the sensor a certain pattern. And this pattern is then transferred to the brain. And the first relay station, we would transfer that to the olfactory bulb. There would be a wire, going, or several wires going to the olfactory bulb. And in the olfactory bulb, we would produce a pattern of activation. It could be like different sides of the olfactory bulb could be activated. It could be activated with different amplitudes or with different strengths or with different durations. So that we produce a pattern that makes sense to the olfactory bulb. And the olfactory bulb then miraculously does something with that signal and transfer, transfers it into the brain. And the brain then does something with that signal. It's, uh, basically, it's similar things happening in the auditory system. You have a sensor that sort of the, the senses the, the, the sounds, and the sounds, they are, the signal is then transferred to the brain, and the brain is doing something with this signal. 
and in the end we perceive like speech or we perceive like uh, when people say hello we can we get a basic pattern and our brain can make sense out of this pattern it requires some training also so you need to get adjust to this signal and then after some time you can make sense out of this signal and you can understand when people greet you and say hello or also more complex sentences and so this could make sense We are at the very beginning. That's a, a project that's uh, funded by the European Union. A couple of uh, other parts of the team. We are just one group within the team. There are people in Lyon. Mustafa Bensaf is the head of this. Is the leader of this group. Uh, then there are people in uh, in in Grenoble. And they also work on us with us. They work on sensors. And people in Milano and in uh, in Thessaloniki. And in other places, and we we collaborate together and try to come up with a system that could make sense. If you want to have a meaningful olfactory implant, you want this implant to produce meaningful odorants. And in theory, it's possible. There's also first studies that indicate that we can, with electrical stimulation, we can produce, we can elicit. Uh, meaningful odors. There's one elegant work by Eric Holbrook from Harvard, and where he stimulated the olfactory bulb through the bone. And uh, three out of his five patients, they had uh, sensations. They were odor-like sensations. And this is the one of the basis that uh, encourages us to pursue this idea that with electrical stimuli, we can trigger odors. We can elicit odors in the brain. How it will pan out in the end, we do not really know. But also the the parts that are needed for that system, they are available. So the sensors are there, um, based on the principle of that have been established with cochlear implants, could be similar implants also performed inside the nasal cavity. So they could be connected to the olfactory bulb, and there could be uh, we could elicit a pattern, and uh, this pattern then. Uh, might make sense to the brain and we would be able to perceive potato chips at the end of the day. If it does not happen, if you only perceive something smoky, or regardless what I present to you, like whether it's vanilla or potato chips or a piece of steak, then it would not be so useful. But that's something we will have to find out. And uh, I think at the moment many people are quite positive that this can be something that could be helpful also in daily life. And then this would make sense. Now that's it for this episode of Tales from the Synapse. I'm Jean Mary Zarate, a senior editor at Nature Neuroscience. The producer was Dom Byrne. Thanks again to Professor Thomas Homo, and thank you for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.